You're listening to Toronto's number one real estate podcast, powered by Watson Estates. The most successful local real estate investing starts right here, right now. Here's your host, broker, investor, and social media influencer, Bradley Watson. Good morning, investors. Bradley here from Watson Estates, getting you all warmed up for the new week. Happy Sunday, August 23rd, 2020. Here we are talking about our favorite topic, Toronto real estate. We are the largest, fastest growing podcast for that subject. And today we've got a great lineup. We're going to start with discussing whether prices here in the city are going to go up or down through 2020. And I want to look at both viewpoints and really understand what a prediction of 5% increase, according to Remax, actually means for prices. And what condition is the rental market in, in Toronto? Is it something that's going to be repaired? Is it something that's going to cause a problem? And if so, who is at risk? And why are experts worried about the deferral cliff? We're going to get into all those things today. And just to kind of lighten the mood a little bit, you know me, get to lighten things up. I saw an article from cbc.ca that really brought joy in my life. And I think it'll bring joy to you as well. Here's what it's called. Here's the list of license plates Ontario doesn't want on the road. So apparently they've rejected between May 1st, 2019 and May 31st, 2020, they've rejected 3,800 license plates. So they published some of the names and I think they're hilarious. I'll share with you some of my favorite because obviously they don't want abusive, obscene language or derogatory slang. So here's some of the ones that I spotted out that obviously are come, they're still kind of PG, like you kind of sneak them in there. So like F cancer, EF C-A-N-C-E-R, F cancer. I think that's hilarious. And I hate 401, love it. Drugs and alcohol. How about 420 blaze or impaired? Yeah, I don't want a guy with a license plate that says impaired. Or human rights discriminations. I love this. Okay, boomer or she thick. <laughs> these are what's crazy. These are actual applications that people put that got rejected. And you're obviously nothing sexual is allowed. So my Cialis or send nudes is not allowed. Or best COVID. What about mask on or thanks, Serb? Religious is not allowed either. God's plan or six God. I love that. And my personal favorite out of this entire article, I think is just absolutely hilarious. I would die laughing if I saw this on a plate, but it got rejected is moistly. (laughs) I love that. I love that. But my wife's car a couple years ago got stolen and I asked her, were you able to get the guy? Like how, what does he look like? Did you get a kind of like a description of him? She's like, no, no, don't worry. I got the license plate number. (laughs) All right, we're having fun. Make sure you leave us a like, leave us a subscribe. We're going to continue to put out wonderful content. There's nothing more we can do today than dive deep into what is happening in our local real estate market. Here we go, guys. There's an article. The article of the day comes from torontostories.com. It's called Average Toronto Home Price Forecast to Rise Another 5% by the End of 2020. Well, that's quite the headline. So this came out of a discussion that came from Remax. So they provided a fall outlook for the final months of 2020, suggesting it will continue to be a seller's market as there are still low listings in most areas and demand continues to exceed supply, which we see that in most housing segments and low interest rates continue to entice more buyers into the market. So any plans of slowing the market down? I don't see them. <laughs> I don't see them and neither does Remax. And so they are coming out in my mind with maybe the boldest prediction of the year. 
And you're going to get to that in a minute, why I'm saying that. That is quite a bold prediction. Is it possible? Absolutely. I don't think anyone is out is counting down what Toronto is capable of. We've just seen unbelievable numbers. But here's the thing. It's not just Toronto that's doing really well. I'm seeing articles around the world of real estate markets doing exceptional during the pandemic. Maybe it's because we're all at home, bored, home, doing repairs to get them ready. And, you know, instead of picking our nose, maybe we can sell it or get ourselves something nice. People are focusing instead of travel on what's way better than travel is real estate. Why travel somewhere where you can live there? <laughs> According to our brokers and agents across the Remax network, Canada's fall market is expected to see spring market-like activity. Interesting. According to the Remax fall market outlook report, buyer preferences have shifted as more potential homeowners are turning toward homes near green space, yard space, and those with separate entrances. Very interesting, and we've seen this, we've been mapping this out, this trend, and this, I believe, is going to continue for the near term until things reopen, right? Until there is an opportunity for us to go back into the city. Why spend my time there? Everything's closed anyways. What's more, according to the report, the Toronto housing market is expected to see more listings in the fall, and average home prices are expected to remain stable. This is common, right? This is a common view. Things are going to be stable. I believe this as well. I believe it's going to be mostly seasonal in the fluctuations, which can be quite large themselves. But other than that, things are going to be quite strong here. Based on these factors, though, a 5% increase in the average re residential sale price is expected in the Toronto housing market for the remainder of 2020. That is a fantastic number. A fantastic number. Fantastical number, some would say. Currently, the average price for a single family home, just to lay the ground here, single detached home is one and a half million dollars which is already 6.67 percent increase from q2 when we look at the condos and you guys know how they've been getting clobbered they are up even since q2 up 3.36 percent when paired up with townhomes so condo and townhomes since q2 are up over three percent as well if 2020 has taught us anything so far is that a lot can change in a short matter of time. Will there end up being a second wave of COVID this fall? I love this. This is from Remax directly, their report. Will there be a second wave of COVID this fall further impacting the housing market and creating further complications for the economy? Only time will tell. But for now, let's ease into fall with the expectations that things will continue to look up. So all things equal, Remax is going to take an optimistic perspective. And do you blame them? I mean, they're a real estate brokerage. They're the largest in the world. I don't. Remax is super confident. And they're advertising it everywhere they go. They continue to do it even during the lowest of COVID, telling of infinite price increases during even typical winter months is what they're saying now. Can you read the license plate from here? <laughs> this is, okay, so this is, this is a joke. <laughs> so picture this. Remax. Remax is your driving instructor, right? Sitting in the car beside you, right? Oh, actually, they're not seeing it. This is the joke. They're not seeing the car beside you. They say, can you read the license plate from here? Yes. Now, can we please open the parachute? <laughs> when do you pull the parachute on the whole thing is the question here. Like, we're not, it's not like a driving instructor. We're, we're a falling instructor. We're a falling instructor. At some point, the ground is going to say no further. <laughs> At least that's what betterdwelling.com has to say. And we know that if you want to, the balance the balance here, this is where they're going to come in. They have an article called National Bank of Canada Canadian Real Estate Prices Fall, Small Increase When Adjusted. And honestly, some of these arguments they give are just kind of sad. Like it's really, like I get the point. 
when you don't have news, you got to make up the news. And so this is the news that they're making up. Toronto saw its third month of consecutive price growth deceleration, but still climbed to a new high. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> that is terrible. If you're looking for a counter opposition point, that's a weak one, man. That's a weak one. Yeah, no, we saw price increases. In fact, we're the highest ever, but it's the third time in a row that the increases were slowing down. <laughs> Prices in the region were up 0.3% in July and are now up 8.06 from last year. That's significant price increases. The monthly increase is in line with the national movement and prices are at new all-time highs. The rate of growth, however, has decelerated for another consecutive month, making it the second deceleration point. So this is what I find interesting, guys. How can we possibly expect that we're gonna see price increases accelerating? Like we know there was a, an instant rebound that we saw. Naturally, we're going to see deceleration. The question isn't whether it's going to decelerate in the speed of growth. Of course, as we round into the winter months, that's the case. The question is, is are we going to even see appreciation? That's what people want to know. Like if you're going to invest right now and I'm telling you, oh, you're only going to get a 1% growth instead of a 5% growth. Is that enough of a reason for you not to invest? A weak argument. But what is legitimate, an argument if I could add to their point, is if you look at the year to date so far, we're actually lagging behind last year. We haven't even caught up to 2019. That's actually another point in favor of catching up to prices or an activity anyways and having things boosting through the roof. Through the roof. But I'm going to take the stand that I think that is a very bold, not impossible, but a bold prediction Remax is making with 5%. And here's why. Last year, September and October were the highest price months of that year. Last year. Okay, and we're, we're coming into, we're in August. Get ready. We will need to shine a lot to overcome those figures, right? So as we overcome September, October, the numbers are going to naturally, we saw an 8% jump into September last year. The numbers are going to seem a little harder to overcome. Actually, that might have been August even. So from October to December, okay, this is 2019, there was a $20,000 price drop, which was a seasonal price drop, actually lower than normal seasonal, but still a price drop nonetheless. So when I talk about naturally you see prices come down in the winter, this is what I'm talking about. This is a very natural thing. In fact, we had a lot of demand at the end of last year, which actually skewed these. But when we look... By February 2020, from December, so October to December, drops 20%, or 20,000, sorry. To, from that point till February, it jumped in price over $130,000. $130. So you're looking for a discount, right? You're looking for a discount right now in the winter months. You're thinking, you know what? There's going to be a discount. There's going to be a discount. And I've been saying that for a while. You're going to see seasonal discounts, even in the condo space, even if condos get caught, especially. But I would say seasonally, you're going to see price drops. But here's the thing. Don't wait so long. Don't get caught and run behind the car. Or what is this? What's the joke? Who, if you, who, what happens to the guy that runs in front of the car? He gets tired. <laughs> what happens to the guy that runs behind the car? Well, he gets exhausted. So you want to make sure... <laughs> You want to make sure you're in on the train when it leaves the station. So don't get caught too much. But the winter months, of course, is going to give you some discounts seasonally. But if we're in a market as strong as we are and the red flags are as weak as they are, I mean, COVID could hit us again. You know, it could hit us again. But in the meantime, we are in one of the greatest real estate markets in the world. In fact, I think we are the greatest in the world. Prove me wrong. <laughs> But here's their 5% prediction. Okay, let me, let me, because you're like, why is he still saying like, he's a little optimistic to be, I think this is a very, very bold prediction. Let me tell you why. 
I don't think it's out of the question, but it's very bold, okay? This means, so when they're saying 5% from here, recognize even in the, some of the better areas, we're up 8% year over year, like this within this year, not year over year, within this year, right? Since the beginning of the year. This means it will overshadow seasonal fluctuations. So not only are we gonna have to beat what happened early in the year in the spring market and even in, into the summer, but we're gonna have to outperform not sorry, not just year over year, which is where you're going to be competing against kind of a December to a like December, right? And we're going to outperform that. That's one thing. What that's not what they're saying. They're saying we're actually going to beat the best months of this year. So it's not just up 5% from last year, which we're almost a guarantee at this point. It's up 5% from the beginning of this year. So listen to this. This is where I want to go with this. July 2020, okay? So this past month, the average home sold in Toronto for 903. That's all housing segments, 903,000. So if we were to go up 5% from there, that would mean we're just shy of $950,000. That's a $50,000 increase that they're calling for at a Remax. And if that's not surprising you enough, if we look at the stats in December of 2019, Okay, December 2019's price was $780,000, significantly less, remember, because we had 120 grand jump right out of the gate. So we, we were sitting at $780,000. So if we happen to get a 5% increase, the news is not gonna say we saw 5% since August or since July. That's not the news. The news is gonna be that we have an increase in price year over year of 21.6% because that's what that would be year over year in order to get a 5% from here to the end of the year. Is that possible? Perhaps. We would need green lights all the way through though. And it is a very bold prediction. It is bolder than anywhere anyone has ever gone before. I guess that's why Remax is doing it. I'm guessing Remax probably sells real estate in some of the most hidden countries in the world, places you don't even know exist, right? Their, their first interaction, there's like, their, there's like a tribe in an unknown land and their first interaction is, hi, I'm from Remax. Would you like to sell your home? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> moving on now toronto.com next article i want to talk a little bit about condo rentals condo rental listings jumped according to their their news source here by 80 percent and of course we haven't had a ton of new stats we've been kind of looking at some of the rental publications that have come out but i i don't know about you i've, I've noticed that people without license plates they go very fast like they seem to be going so much quicker when the license plate is off so i mean that, you, that just tells me, my, my logical conclusion is that they have some serious heavy wind resistance, <laughs> right? Well, COVID is like a license plate for the, Toronto, for the Toronto rentals, right? It's bringing leases to a near standstill. So when we look at the stats, according to Treb, Toronto condo rental listings were up 42% across the city year over year. Meanwhile, rents were down 24.8% and prices are down, obviously, therefore 9%. The average price fell as much as 22% in some downtown areas. The closer you get to the city, the harder hit they were. The skyrocketing supply in the Toronto condo market could be a contributing factor to the major decline in real estate prices. This is what we need to worry about, guys. If you have a rental property and you're worried about your prices of your rentals coming down, I think that I think you've already been clobbered. I don't think that that is a fear at this point. It's just a reality. What is a fear is if this translated into reduced prices, if we were to have an inflow of listings into our market, and I want to kind of continue this conversation into the Better Dwelling article we're going to do in a minute with the deferral cliff, but the new builds and decline in leases due to employment loss, low immigration can force condo owners to sell. This is the potential opportunity, but this is also keep in mind what's freaking people out in the condo space today, right now. 
So as you're going out there, going to go shopping in the coming months, or maybe sooner than that, you're going to know that they're a little freaked out because they're being taught to be freaked out. Months of inventory is going up. There's a lot of concern. So if you are more in favor of what Remax is saying, maybe you're going to get a good deal today. But if you think prices will come down as months of inventory rise, as I do, in the coming months, then maybe wait a little bit, get that seasonal discount. Deferred mortgages will also play a role in saturating the market. The decline in condo prices have already started and home prices are due to fall dramatically as a result. Uh, dramatically, that's a good word. <laughs> it's like drastically, but like an extra level of drama. <laughs> Uh, if the market were a car, the rental market would have a tag on it that reads Dodge. And not because it's the manufacturer, it's more of a suggestion. <laughs> but realtors, of course, remain confident as we saw in Remax. Remax report citing survey says that 32% of Canadians are opting for rural or suburban communities. And it adds that changing work dynamics see many, work, many workers setting up home offices, suggesting Canadians want more space. 48% say they want to live closer to green space. 32% say they want square footage in their home. 44% want outdoor spaces and personal amenities like a pool. Of course, because then you can't close it on me. When there's a second wave, I could stay in my own pool, go away, it's heated. You know, I got that nice little salt water going on. I can float. <laughs> uh, according to the Remax EVP, Christopher Alexander, two first names, government financial aid programs may be coming to an end in September. However, the pent-up demand and low inventory dynamic may keep prices steady and bolster activity for the remainder of 2020. Okay, we get the point. Relax. Relax, Remax. All right, let's move on, guys. We're going to get into our last topic, talking about the deferral cliff, the ever unforgiving deferral cliff. But before we get there, I wanted to share with you a couple of highlights I thought were really fun. Sergey C on YouTube, thanks for your comment, buddy. He said this, well, as for the spending, transport system in Canada is a joke because we're talking about a lot of the, the transit production that's going to be coming out. They're doing these RFPs and they want these big transits that have been sitting on hold for a long time. And he makes a very good point. It's a joke. Not even just subways, but in general. Just to compare in Moscow, in the past 10 years, he says there's 161 kilometers of subway lines were built, 87 new subway stations, and that's while under U.S. sanctions. Toronto, we had five and 15 kilometers of lines. Ro roads are in despair too. And talks about how hospitals are behind. And, and obviously there's, an, there's something wrong here. That's pretty much what he's saying. There's something wrong here. And I don't disagree. Our transit system is a joke. You don't have to go into any other global city to realize that that's the case. And so this article comes as an interest to me. Thestar.com has an article that says, should the city subsidize your Uber? What's behind Ontario's controversial push for private, quote, microtransit? Many Ontario transit users were likely left scratching their heads this week at news. The provincial government is pushing cities to consider replacing their least used bus routes with, quote, microtransit as a condition for receiving COVID-19 aid. Not a bad idea. The term can be described pretty much what it is is it's a partnership between public transit agencies and private companies that provide on-demand service to riders along variable routes using vehicles smaller than buses. So, so much for we're going to leave the cars and we're going to go to buses. Now we're going to leave the cars, go to buses, but we're going to skip the buses. And we're going to go to cars and we're just going to go to private cars that are Ubers. Really, that's what's happening here. And if we can't keep up with our transit system or it's too expensive, as we've seen, it's a huge cost to the city of Toronto. Maybe it's a legitimate. In fact, I would argue it is a very legitimate idea. Under one microtransit model that gained traction, cities partner with companies like Uber and subsidize trips their residents take through ride-hailing platforms so much for protect the taxis. 
right? Maybe taxis will get included in that list. Proponents argue such schemes are a more cost-effective way to provide service in lower-density neighborhoods compared to deploying buses that operate on fixed schedules, regardless of how many people are waiting at the stops, right? Good point. I love it. Wait until we get a, me, my family, I'm interested in getting a self-driving car. I'd love to get one, you know, plug it in my, plug it in my garage. And uh, nobody need to drive at all, right? My first driving car, I was just thinking about it, like license plate, will be a good license plate. I think if I were to run it, especially if it was a commercial vehicle, I was running like a, an Uber, like a, an Uber auto self-driving car, I'll stay at home and let it kind of go its own, its own self and pick them up and do the route for me. I just got a license plate that says AFK BRB. <laughs> Okay, we're going to move on to the debt deferral cliff in just a second, but I love this article from the Financial Post. Very interesting point to recognize that real estate isn't the the, the end-all and be-all. Be-all and end-all? How do you say that? I don't know. It's not all just about real estate. It's about other forms of debt that the government is throwing as well, including a looming debt deferral in the space of student debt. Student debt. <laughs> There are $11 billion in student loans to resume in October amid grim job prospects for graduates. Such an interesting point. And they ask students from the Canadian Alliance of Student Associations, these people that represent universities, the colleges, they're kind of asking them, what do you think? And if I were just to summarize the article, it wasn't enough. We need more money, right? It wasn't enough. We've got $11 billion. It's just going to like kind of pop up on us here as October rolls around. we got school coming on. I can't even go in the classroom. Anyways, I'm doing it online. I don't know why I'm being charged that high. Probably because all the subsidies the government has given. But you know what? Give me some more because I can't afford this. Plus, I can't find a job, right? I can't find a job. Give me grants. Give me this. Give me that. Serb's not enough. It's all not enough. And ultimately, what this is going to do is it's going to delay first-time homebuyers, of course, right? But the trade-off is less taxes for the rest of us, right? So there's obviously a battle on how much taxes is appropriate, how much spending is appropriate in keeping everyone alive. Did they get a, a nice little hand-me-down, right, in this in the benefit they got, the education benefit? Of course, of course. The student benefit was a lot of money. They got a lot of money. Is it enough? If, they, if you ask them, they say no, but this is also why you got these 18-year-olds that are still in university that are getting that are electing liberal people because like, oh, you're going to pay for my school? 30% tuition grants. I like that. You know what? I can get behind this uh, smoking weed thing. Let's do it. <laughs> but okay, we're going to move on. So so that's, that's a second deferral cliff that obviously isn't as applicable, but still interesting as we see the spending going out of control in our country, which is going to lead to taxes, which is going to lead to, you know, principal residents. Um, capital gains tax and wealth taxes and all these things that we have to look forward to in our future. But apparently, according to betterdwelling.com, we're all a bunch of sheep headed for a cliff. Better dwelling is our only salvation. They're our great shepherd. We've got to give them a license plate. Maybe U-Haul. <laughs> Hop in, sheep. <laughs> well, here's what Canada's mortgage deferral cliff looks like and why experts are worried. This is what, it's like, who's worried? I don't, man, I have not seen that many experts worried, but apparently they're worried. The reason is a term only finance and banking nerds have used, the deferral cliff. The deferral cliff is the expiration of programs that bought distressed owners, that bought distressed owners a few months ago, some time, a few extra months, that's what it said. So buying us some extra time. Of course it did that. But I think I would argue it also bought time. It got, it bought extra money for people who wanted to spend money on other places and reduce their credit card debt, for example, which we've seen in the statistics. But industry experts apparently warned that mortgage deferrals give a false sense of security. Since people haven't seen any defaults or distressed sales, moral hazard was created. Ooh. That is, people now think housing markets have no risk. I mean, kind of. 
But you know what? I already kind of thought that. So I don't know if this is what changed my mind. I don't know. Most Canadian mortgage payment deferrals will expire in October. And for people who get overly critical, it's like, oh, you people, you're just pumping it up. You're so biased. You're damn biased real estate agent. You just want prices to go up and down. Well, ain't no roller coaster been fun with this flat, man. Except for bumper cars. Those are awesome. <laughs> the ups and downs is where we make our money on a day-to-day -day basis. Of course, invest for the long term. That's the proper, that's what I should say. That's the scripted answer. Okay. Most Canadian mortgage payment deferrals will expire in October. Since the longest deferrals are six months, we don't really see any issues popping up until October. And then I don't know where they pulled these numbers from. Maybe their rear end. Okay. 500,000 mortgages will expire in October, followed by another 221,000 in November and a big dip lower to 15,000 in December. How do you get that number? Like, where did you get that number? Because the numbers I've seen is more than half of them are already stopped their mortgage deferral programs, which means that you can't still have numbers of three quarters of a million dollars, a million people. Like, I, I don't get it, but that's the numbers they've got. There's a mild bump higher with 24,000 in January and February won't be known until the cut of the reach next year. But they do make a good point. They said, don't confuse the expiration of payment deferrals with a spike in arrear rates. So it takes, recognize, it takes 90 days of non-payments of a mortgage to fall into arrears, at which point you have your property seized and they take it and game over. This means that if we did have an October, right, we're talking October to November, December to January, we would see power of sales shoot through the roof in January. And remember what I said, February last year, we saw a price increase of $120,000 and Remax is predicting a 5% increase in prices. So before you go and hit power of sale and you got yourself, you got a noose around your neck, you have that opportunity for the 90 day window to try and sell the thing yourself. So if we were in a market where everyone's dumping their property and nobody's there to buy it, then we would have a problem. And that is what they're saying as the case here. But if you believe Remax's point that we are going to have at least a half decent market going into the winter time. And of course, into next year, we're going to have exceptional with interest rates being so low and the prospect of COVID hitting us probably behind us at this point with the vaccine maybe en route. Do you think that you won't be able to sell your property? Do you think so? Or at least dump your property. Forget sell it, at least dump it. And I think you will. And I'm optimistic. If whether Remax is, is right or not an increase, we are in a very healthy real estate market. Once again, what a great place. What a wonderful move. The deferral cliff that they've said has created this delaying of a mortgage. Because if this all happened back in March and April, ain't nobody going to be buying your property and ain't everybody going to be on power of sale. But of course we didn't see that. The SERP worked magically. It worked beautifully. It's why you've got conservatives and liberals all on the same page. The only one not on the same page is Better Dwelling because this is going to be a nightmare, right? So I'm going to leave it there. Hopefully you learned some stuff as it relates to the Toronto real estate market, as it relates to the local news. We are the largest, fastest growing podcast for Toronto real estate. And it's all thanks to our friends and family out there. Thank you for grandma for tuning in every day. And you know what? As it relates to real estate and as it relates to license plates, forget the real estate thing. We're moving on for real estate. Too much real estate today. <laughs> You know what? License plate on this. I love this idea of the sheep thing. And I think my, my mom actually has a Jeep. It's like a, I think it's an old people thing where it's like, oh, it's a nostalgic, right? It's like, I'm going to get this Jeep. So I, you know what? I might get her a license plate for like her birthday or mother's day. Mother's day is pretty far away now, <laughs> but I'm thinking it's like, get to the joke, man. Get to the joke. <laughs> I'll get her a personalized license plate that says Baba for her black Jeep. Anyways, <laughs> so stupid. Thanks for hanging around. I'll see you guys next time. Make sure you leave us a like, subscribe, take care, and keep it real.